whatever you want from me, you can have it, whatever you want, whatever you need from me, baby have it, whatever you need, it's all about the sweet communication. Welcome to the IDP Show. I'm your host, Josh Raymer, joined in the virtual Sode Shack tonight from DLF. It is Jason King. Jason, welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? Oh, I'm doing great, Josh. Ready for Christmas. Thank you for having me on again. Yes, sir. Merry Christmas to you and all the fine folks in the King family. We are a week out from Christmas, so this is it for the waiver episode, folks. We're going to get you right for semifinals by talking through the DL linebacker and DB targets, as well as some drop candidates. So, Jason, I'd say we jump right into it. What do you say? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's do it, and let's start with defensive line targets. See if these folks are out on your waiver wire. Let's start with one of the top scorers from Week 15. It was Jonathan Grenard, Houston Texans, 76% of snaps, 26.3 points. Three tackles, three hurries, two and a half sacks, and a forced fumble. He was DL4 on the week by Big 3 scoring. Rostered in 29% of leagues. Danico Autry, another great option. 69% of snaps, 21 points, four tackles, and two sacks. Rostered in 17% of leagues. DJ Wanham, opposite Daniil Hunter there in Minnesota. 94% of snaps, 20 points, six tackles, and a sack. Rostered in 20% of leagues. Ryan Brissy, New Orleans Saints defensive tackle, 60% of snaps, 19.5 points, three tackles, and two sacks. Rostered in 21% of leagues, Charles Aminihue, edge rusher, Kansas City Chiefs, 62% of snaps, 12.3 points, two tackles, a sack, and a forced fumble. Rostered in just 7.2% of leagues. And then the Colts edge rushing combo of Samson Ebucam and Dio Odengbo. So, Jason, from that list, who do you want to talk about first? You got to start at the top there with Greenard. If he's out there, you got to go grab him. And he's got that great matchup at home this week with the Browns. And uh, if you're looking ahead to week 17, it gets even better. He's got the Titans at home. Um, man's hitting free agency this offseason. He's having a great year. It's a great time to be alive for John Greenard. I've got a question for you. <laughs> Heading into the offseason, who would you rather have on your team, Jonathan Greenard or Chase Young? Ooh, Greenard. Yeah, exactly. Right? I mean, he's just been, it's been proven production. And Chase Young, I think we forget how well Chase Young was playing before the trade. But man, I mean, Grenard has done more this season, I think, than Chase Young has done just about any season in his career thus far. Uh, yeah, not even close. Not even close. And here's, here's a question for you, Jason. Who's going to cost you more on your team? Yeah, well, certainly for a multi-year deal, it's going to be greener. You're probably going to be able to get Young for a one-year kind of prove-it deal and just see if he can, just see if he can own up to it. Now, I I kind of think that there may be a GM out there who gets stars in his eyes thinking about getting the number two overall pick in the draft. You know, there's still plenty of tread left on the tires. Chase Young has missed a lot of time. I could see Chase Young getting a surprising deal in free agency. Um, I mean, we just saw Montez Sweat, who has been admittedly far more productive than Chase Young, uh, but he got, what, four years, 80-something million? So I could see, like... a two-year, $30 million deal, something like that. Um, but we'll see. I mean, premier. there'll be a lot of premier edge rushing talent on the free agent market this year. Uh, and a lot of guys, like you said, have earned themselves a lot of money, including the guy I want to talk about, 
who is DJ Wanham. Um, I have historically been down on Wanham. I just don't think he's a very good player, but he's playing well for IDP right now. And what I like most of all from this list, and there's some very good names on this list, Jason, is that Wanham is playing over 90% of snaps. At the end of the day, I am going to prioritize with defensive line guys that are getting above 90% of snaps because that just gives you such a great floor uh, because you're not counting on that big play, right? If they're out there for more snaps, they've got an opportunity to get you know tackles. Uh, they have a chance to get uh, QB hits if your league scores that or tackles for loss. So I really like DJ Wanham. I've come around on the guy because I wasn't as big a fan to start the year. <laughs> yeah, he's he's a little hard to love. He's probably building off as kind of your number three edge if you're a real NFL GM. But you're right. He's getting those snaps this year. Uh, down the stretch, he's got Hunter on the other side. So you can't go wrong in fantasy. Uh, but yeah, I think you're, you're right about the player himself. Yeah, the other guy I want to call out is someone I've been pounding the table for on this episode for a while. It's Danico Autry. Tennessee Titans. I think this guy has been sneaky good this year. He's been sneaky good his whole career. And you look at the schedule, he gets the Seahawks and the Texans. Um, so you could be looking at, um, you know, Drew Locke. We're recording this during Monday Night Football. Drew Locke is starting tonight. So you could be getting another Drew Locke game, depending on the severity of Geno Smith's groin injury. And, you know, I think Stroud will be back. Uh, but that Houston Texans offensive line has not been great as of late. So, um, I think Danico Autry is in a position to really perform well for us here in week 16 and 17. What do you think about that? Yeah, for sure. You know, two sacks against the Texans this week against <laughs> Houston again. Yeah, week 17, kind of crazy to finish up uh, two games against Houston to finish to finish up the year. But yeah, I mean, 33 years, 33 years old, he's just getting better with age. And uh, he was questionable leading up to the game. Uh, had a knee, some kind of knee issue. Um, I bet. <laughs> embarrassingly benched him in one league because of what we're about that questionable tag. Yeah, I get it. You know, traveling for Christmas, you know, you, sometimes you're not in a position to make that change. So it took him out of the lineup for, for a minute. You actually. Yeah. Well, a minute you played well, uh, also. So, um, 12.3 points, two tackles, uh, and a sack. So any of the names on this list, I think would be a fine addition. Jason, how would you rank these guys? Can you give me like your top three, if you were to prioritize these guys, let's see that. Let's say they're all out there on someone's wire. What? How are you ranking these dudes? Yeah, I think it's Greener far to, far away. He's my guy there. Uh, but then probably Autry, and then I might circle back to uh, Ebicam there in Indy. Um, you know, they've got that great matchup this week against Atlanta. So, and he's he's kind of been edging out um, Odingbo for snaps over the last uh, probably all season. Um, and of course, they're both kind of playing a little bit behind Quiddy Pay in the snap column there, but um, probably Ebukam would be my third guy. And you can make a good, great case there for a minute, you too. Yeah, I think I would. I, I agree with you, Jonathan Gennard, number one for sure. Uh, I think Danico Autry, number two. And then I would probably go DJ Wanham, number three, just because the snaps, it's not a great player. Uh, but I think the snaps, it's a, it's a nice kind of comfort to have as we head into the playoffs, right? It is. I I always have a hard time moving past those guys that I just don't think are. I know that part good. You're right. You they get this. If he's getting the snaps, you can't go wrong with the snaps. Got to love that. Right. That's right. So let's move to some drop candidates and some big names on this list. We talked about Jason on last night's recap episode that, for as much love as we gave the defensive tackles and how good this position is across the league, it's been a very down year for defensive tackles. It looks like right now. 
Justin Matabike has a chance to finish as D-Tackle 1 with uh, DeForest Buckner finishing as D-Tackle 2. A lot of these big-name guys, Chris Jones, Aaron Donald, um, Quinnen Williams, Jeffrey Simmons, a lot of these guys just have not performed. So you're going to hear some of these names here on this list. Chris Jones, defensive tackle, Kansas City Chiefs, uh, just 7.5 points, two tackles. That was it in Week 15. Jonathan Allen, Washington Commanders, 80% of snaps, but just... Uh, four tackles. That was it. Um, Tyree Wilson, Las Vegas Raiders, 69% of snaps, but just two tackles. Saban Collins, if you haven't cut him loose yet, here's your sign. 59% of snaps, just four tackles. And then uh, Zadarius Smith, Cleveland Browns. Um, Jason, There's. It, it's hard to let go of these big name guys because probably you spent a high pick on them. Um, and I think it was you that said on a previous episode, look to maybe drop a DB or cornerback, right, as opposed to going DL for DL. Uh, but some of these names have been letting us down here as we close out this have letting us down all season. And so really the pressure's on right now to do something about these underachievers. Oh, my gosh. I know. I, I bet so hard on Zadarius Smith this year. Thought he was in a great situation. He's just You just can't trust him. Uh, I mean, one tackle against Chicago looked like a great matchup. Another great matchup looks like in, in Week 17 against the Jets, but uh, how do you trust that guy? I mean, some of these guys, like, I mean, Tyree Wilson, great note on your show sheet, getting yelled at by the head coach during the game to make some plays. I mean, Malcolm Coots, uh, he's a better option right now. I had a couple of strip sacks this week. So, yeah, you're right. It's uh, You really have to wince if you're going to uh, drop Chris Jones. But, wow, uh, <laughs> you're right. He's he's. I don't know how you can put him in your starting lineup right now. Yes, and this is, you know, depends on what type of league you're in. I think if you're in defensive tackle required leagues, um, and this we should also mention for anyone tuning in for the first time. These are redraft drops. These are not dynasty drops. Um, but if you're in a defensive tackle required leagues, I'm probably holding on to Chris Jones and Jonathan Allen just because the volume is there. But I might look at, you know, potentially some defensive tackles with better matchups. Now, the saving grace for Jonathan Allen is he does get the Jets next week who just gave up six sacks. But are you banking on him getting right in your semifinal game? That's the gamble that you have to take is are you willing to, you know, as the meme online says, F around and find out in your fantasy semifinals, Jason? I don't know that I am. I think I'd rather play it a little safer with some of these other guys. Yeah, I, I agree. It's I guess it really just comes down to who else. What are your other options on your team? Uh, it's it's hard not to click on. It's going to be hard not to click on Jonathan Allen's name um, when you see that you know the matchup against the Jets. But it just comes down to who else is out there and what else you've got on your roster right now. That's right. So, um, yeah, and it's like Chris Jones typically plays his best at the end of the season, and the old kind of joke that as soon as you set these guys down, they're going to go for you know two or three sacks on your bench. That's just how these things go. But um, I don't know, man. I, I want to. Uh, Sigmund Bloom on our Dynasty episode was giving playoff advice, and he said, look over your lineup, trust your gut, and whatever that little ting answer is as you look through, just trust it. Don't overthink it. Um, think long, think wrong. And so I don't know if, I, if I'm if i looking at that lineup and Chris Jones is in there and I've got another option at defensive tackle, that's probably going to be one of the toughest decisions managers are going to have to make this week. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, you know. He's he's in that contract year. He's coming up on free agency. Um, you you would think he'd be um putting up big numbers for us right now. He's just not. He's just nope. not. It's hard. It's hard. Uh, I'm still starting him everywhere. I've got him because I'm in most of the leagues I'm in are start eleven, and 
defensive tackle required and there's I just don't have the options to sit him but it's it's been tough to look at those numbers uh in the lineup over the last few weeks yeah let's play let's play sort of a scenario out here Jason you're in a sleeper league it's DL so all the defensive tackles and edge rushers are lumped in together I think I would probably pick up and start Grenard and Anico Autry over all these guys what say you oh absolutely yeah, I'm starting, you know, Andrew Van Ginkle over Chris Jones in those DL leagues. I mean, there's too many options out there in those leagues for you to justify having Chris Jones on your roster. Um, you know, you get into a deeper league and you're, you know, you're starting one to two defensive tackles every week, then that's a different story. But for sure, combined DL leagues, I, he's, I mean, you're right. You, he's a drop candidate. Yeah. So did you see Van Ginkle played the, uh, I think it was the second half with a broken nose? Total stud. <laughs> Total stud, man. I'm going to enjoy watching that on the in-season hard knocks with the Miami Dolphins. He's been he's been a fun character they've been following in the wake of Jalen Phillips' injury. So um, let's move to everyone's favorite position, though, Jason, and talk about linebacker targets. And we are going to start in Washington with a surprising name. I think a lot of folks thought the Mayo was coming out of the fridge in Washington, and it was going to be David Mayo. Uh, coming in place of Jamin Davis, who went on IR. But it was Kaliki Hudson, 86% of snaps, 18 points, 14 tackles. Uh, EJ Speed, if he's still out there on your waivers, we've been clamoring about this guy all season, so I won't filibuster any longer. But 90% of snaps, 15.3 points, 10 tackles, and one forced fumble. Uh, And then Duke Riley, Miami Dolphins. We mentioned him a couple weeks ago um, as a potential add. With Jerome Baker going on IR, 81% of snaps, 12.5 points, five tackles, and half a sack. Rostered in just 5.1% of leagues. Who do you like best out of this list, Jason? Oh, for sure, Speed. Uh, he's the top candidate of those three guys. Um, actually, probably like uh, Riley second uh, with just decent matchups against Dallas and Baltimore over the next couple of weeks. And here's the, here's the thing about Hudson. I mean, I, I, it's totally out of nowhere. Um, even though he's been, you know, Washington's kept him around since they drafted him back in 2020. Um, he did play like 67 snaps in week 17 of last season, had just like seven total tackles, and that's probably more in line with what you're going to see from him going forward. And, you know, the matchups just aren't great with the Jets on deck and then San Fran of the hole. So for sure, speed, if he's out there, um, I'm snapping him up, and Riley's probably my second bet, even though Hudson's coming off this huge game. Yeah, Hudson seems like a classic letdown coming out of nowhere and putting up this big performance. Uh, Let me ask you this, because there's been a lot of chatter about EJ Speed versus Zaire Franklin. And we talked about on last, I'm a Colts fan, so I get to watch both of these guys. And I think there is no doubt in my mind that Zaire Franklin is the better player. I think he's the better linebacker. And the snaps prove that out. He's been the guy now for two seasons. And EJ Speed did displace Shaq Leonard. That is, there is something to be said for that. But I said on last night's episode that there is no way if a manager is holding both of these linebackers and they can only start one, they are not starting EJ Speed over Zaire Franklin. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Frank, you got to run with Franklin. Uh, right. Yeah. For, uh, he's the, And he's the better player, I feel like. Uh, I could see him sticking around there for two or three years in that uh, top linebacker role. I'm not sure I, I agree. can say him about speed. I think he's he's a complimentary guy right now and probably one that uh, my guess is they'll look to upgrade that a little bit in the offseason. I don't know. What do you say? You're the Colts fan, so you, you get to see a lot of them. Both guys are under contract for next season, so I think they're both going to be there. 
there's a lot of linebackers hitting the free agent market. So I think you're exactly right. It's going to depress the value that these guys get on these contracts. And so I think the Colts could step in there and snap up, um, you know, an Eric Kendricks or, um, you know, Jordan Brooks is hitting the market. Patrick Queen is hitting the market. Um, a lot of guys, Frankie Louvu, Bobby Wagner, Levante David. I mean, all sorts of linebackers are going to be out there for the choosing. So I think they could. Um, my guess is that they will roll with these two guys and they may add like a low cost rental kind of guy. Um, but yeah, I think EJ Speed has nice staying power for the rest of this season. And I'm intrigued by him going into 2024, but not to the point where I'm going to hold too tightly to this guy because he just feels like the classic linebacker who the trap doors under his feet in the draft. He could get replaced in free agency. He could get replaced. So um, just don't cling too tightly to these guys like EJ Speed has kind of been a big takeaway for me doing IDP. Yeah, hopefully it didn't cost you anything going into the season. And if you're in a dynasty league, don't expect too much going forward. But if you get it, then hey, icing on the cake for sure. I I don't think you should be counting on EJ Speed um, next season. Uh, I could be wrong, but uh, I just I don't I don't quite see it there with him. I think he's probably more of like the number three linebacker type, ideally. Yeah, I think that this is just a situation where Shaq Leonard was bad, EJ Speed was better, but that doesn't mean that this is the ideal situation for the Indianapolis Colts. I think with uh, you know a full off season with Shane Steichen and this coaching staff, uh, I think Ballard is going to look to upgrade that position. But for now, um, would hey, let me ask you this: Would you consider um, maybe you don't have great options? Uh, maybe there's some like kind of dicey linebackers on your team, and you've got Franklin and Speed. Would you feel okay starting both of them? Yeah, I, I never mind that. Uh, you know, if, let's just you know like. Quincy Williams and C.J. Mosley on the Jets. If I've got both of them on a roster, I I don't mind that at all. Yeah, especially if the matchup is good, you know? You think about, like, well, before Devin White, we'll talk about that in just a second, but Levante David and Devin White during Devin White's heyday, Bobby Wagner and Jordan Brooks this year have been a fine tandem. Dre Greenlaw's been up and down this season, but there have definitely been games where you could start both him and Fred Warner. So it's not an ideal situation. It does cap your upside because there's only so many tackles and opportunities to go around right but um right matchup i would definitely consider it yeah if, i mean if they're your two best options then why not i would start then roll, then roll your best options out there right yep so let's move to some drop candidates though jason and let's start in new orleans with pete warner who has been a big disappointment this season 72 percent of snaps but just six tackles for 6.75 points rostered in 17 percent of leagues drew sanders 17% of snaps, just one tackle. Juwan Bentley, New England Patriots, 94% of snaps, just 3.75 points, three tackles. And then Devin White, we mentioned it earlier. Uh, the story came out from one of the, I think it was Greg Almond, maybe, uh, one of the Tampa Bay beat writers saying that um, Devin White wasn't right to go, but knew that KJ Britt was going to be started at linebacker in his place. So he ends up as an active. And the headline out of that tweet for me was that his attitude is starting to rub players and coaches the wrong way. So especially now with this whole mess, Jason, I think he's my top drop candidate uh, for this week and happy to jettison him and pick up one of these other guys. Yeah. Hope everybody cashed out on Devin White like two years ago. <laughs> Hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um it, it, he hasn't been, I don't think his head's been in it all season. Um, 
you know, he's he's wanted the contract extension or he's wanted to go to a new team. Um, he just hasn't gotten his way there and looks like he's done in Tampa Bay. How the money yeah. That's right. And he, you had the trade request earlier in the season. He walked that back, you know, doing, I think, some damage control before his pending free agency. But I think the Bucks got one look at KJ Britt, who Sig brought up on our Dynasty Stash episode and said, uh, kind of like Shaq Leonard with EJ Speed, uh, you know, Britt is a lot better than Devin White is right now. So we're going to sit you down. Um, and I think this is going to poison the well a little bit for Devin White and free agency. I don't think GMs and coaches look too kindly upon players who, you know, basically just tap out for the season if they get benched. Um, so yeah, my biggest, um, kind of woof moment was I had the option to extend Devin White in an RSO league for like $10 million a year for four years. So a big contract for linebackers. I think he would have been the highest paid guy. And I was like, you know what? Let me just franchise tag this guy. I got him for like $9.5 million this year, and he's off my books in 2024. So I dodged a massive bullet there. Oh, you're a smart man, Josh. <laughs> well, I was just like, uh, do I really want to be paying Devin White like $12 million in like 2027? No, I really don't. Uh, so let's get this guy for one more year and just see what happens. And yeah, it's been an awful year. So I think cut Devin White loose. Let's talk about Pete Warner, though. I know Jace brought him up on the rankings episode this week for us with John Norton, how big of a disappointment Pete Warner has been and continues to be. Uh, I have no problem cutting this guy loose, Jason. Yeah, I know. It hurts. Um, I, I would say in my redraft leagues, I'm, pro- I prob- I'm probably still just hanging on to him, but he's he's not going to stiff my lineup right now. Yeah, he's just been bad. I mean, tomorrow Davis has been great. So there's opportunity to be had there. It's not like this is just a position that's not producing for IDP. Because Demario Davis has had some amazing games. I think if you were expecting anything out of Drew Sanders, that's very premature. What do you think about Jawan Bentley, though, as a possible drop candidate? Yeah, you know, Bentley's, I have to say, Bentley's not a guy that I have on any of my rosters. And so, honestly, I haven't been paying too much attention to him because he's not been on the waiver wire and he's not on my roster. So, he's not somebody I look at too much. Um, and the Patriots, uh, you know, that's just a, it's it's a franchise and a, a team with a coach that just makes things hard to predict what's going to happen uh, numbers-wise. Uh, consistency's all over the place um, when it comes to production and game plan. So it's always been kind of hard to trust Bentley, in my opinion, even when he's coming off like huge weeks. Yeah, I agree. I'm not trusting anything Patriots in my lineup for the fantasy playoffs. Um, so I'm fine. I, I Me, personally, I have no problem letting go of Jawan Bentley if I was rostering him because I'm just not going to roll those guys out there especially with a Bill Belichick that seemingly by every report is on the way out after this season. So who knows what he's going to do on his way out the door, Jason? Yeah, I know. It might be a totally different situation in New England next year. and We'll, we'll just trust all their IDPs. <laughs> That's right. Now, wouldn't that be? That's like a weird utopia that I can't quite wrap my mind around right now. But let's move to some DB targets and let's start in Detroit. Tracy Walker benched in week 14. Week 15, in steps Efetu Melifonwu, who played 97% of snaps, 27.3 points, eight tackles, five solos, one sack, one forced fumble, rostered in just 1% of leagues, folks. So there you go. Brandon Jones, Miami Dolphins, 98% of snaps, 28.25 points, five tackles, and two picks. He was DB2 on the week. He gets Dallas and Baltimore in the semifinals. Xavier Woods, Carolina Panthers is next up here. 100% of snaps, 
16.7 points, three tackles, and a pick rostered in 12% of leagues. And then Taylor Rapp, Buffalo Bills, 100% of snaps, 11.5 points, eight tackles. And Jason, you also threw in there uh, Jartavis Quan Martin of the Washington Commanders taking over that slot defender role there in Washington. Uh, Let's start right there. What made you want to add Quan as a potential DB target? Yeah, I think it. I saw that's uh, his snap count just jumped up. He had 75 snaps this week. Uh, had a great stat line against the Rams. Had a sack, seven solo tackles, three assists. Um, you know, he's playing in the slot, so he's up close to the to the line of scrimmage. Um, probably helped in that. Helped him with that sack. Uh, previous career high, he had like 37 snaps a couple of weeks ago. I just, I'm not sure what else Washington has to play for other than to take a look at their young guy. So, you know, they're going to have that second round pick in there. They're going to take a Take a long look at him over the next couple of weeks. Um, matchups aren't great, uh, but he should get a pretty healthy snap share there. Yeah, I like him a lot, especially in cornerback required leagues. Um, a lot of these safeties are ones that are starting to round into form at the right time. Brandon Jones, we're seeing that pre-ACL tear form from him in Miami. Uh, Xavier Woods, Carolina Panthers. It's not Jeremy Chin there that we're interested in. It's not even necessarily Von Bell. It's Xavier Woods that has been playing well recently. But Melifonwu, Jason, let's talk about him because the Detroit Lions were in a bit of a funk. That defense needed a spark, and they came out and beat the brakes off a Denver team that had been playing very well. So Melifonwu might have been the spark that they needed. What's your interest level in the Detroit Lions, DB? Yeah, I'll take a shot on him. Uh, you know, he's, I don't know who like the six people in IDP land are that had him rostered in their leagues before this week, but congrats. Uh, but yeah, I mean, great snap share. You know, 62 of 64 snaps, and the defense was what pretty good this week. So uh, I don't, I don't see that. I don't see him coming out of the lineup for Tracy Walker. That's for sure. So you know, if you need help, uh, um, you know, a defensive back, or especially if you're in uh, safety uh, required leagues, then sure, Melifon would roll him out. Yeah, I just checked with my sources, and it was Melifon Wu's family that actually had him rostered uh, in their IDP leagues. So. Congrats to the Melifon Wu family. Yeah, I mean, I'm interested at this point. Safety's been a bit of a wasteland this year. So if you have some injuries, maybe Minka Fitzpatrick, you know, with this knee injury uh, is, is, you know, created a hole in your lineup. I'm very interested there because I don't think he's given that job back up to Tracy Walker, who just doesn't seem like he's been the same coming off that injury. So um, we'll see if he sticks around there in Detroit past this season. Uh, anyone else from this list that interests you? Yeah, I like Brandon Jones. Uh, he's you know coming off the big week, uh, pretty good matchups down the last last couple of weeks. Um, going to be hard to, again, you know, just given safety depth that's out there right now, it's going to be hard to probably uh, put him in your lineup uh, unless you know you just feel great about him. But um, for sure, I like I like Jones. Yeah, this is you know there's all different types of leagues out there. This could be a start four DB. You know, we're in some of those types of leagues where it's start four at every position and a couple flex. So. You know, if you're, uh, you know, those are typically like sleeper leagues uh, where it's CB and safety combined. So that changes the formula just a little bit because there are some cornerbacks, I think, that I would feel comfortable rolling out there. Uh, But yeah, I think especially in those deeper leagues, um, he is a great option as well. So let's talk about, though, some drop candidates, Jason, to wrap things up here. Tracy Walker uh, just did nothing. The last two weeks, zero snaps. I think you can safely jettison this guy. Uh, we mentioned Jeremy Chin, let him go as well. 23% of snaps, one tackle, uh, rostered in 54% of leagues. So people are still believers out there. But you got to grade 
the game, not the name at this point, folks. Jordan Fuller, 97% of snaps, 5.5 points. It's become a little bit more crowded there in that uh, DB kind of rotation in Los Angeles with Fuller and Quentin Lake and also John Johnson the third there as well. Uh, but also Donovan Wilson, Dallas Cowboys, 70% of snaps, 9.3 points, 8 tackles. Um, what's your comfort level letting any of these guys go, Jason? 100%. Let them go. <laughs> they're, not gonna help, they're not going to help you the last couple of weeks of the season. And if they, if for whatever reason uh, you felt like you need, there's going to be better options out there. Yeah. this The first two especially, I think, are dead weight. I think you should have cut, cut those guys loose a while ago. But if you're still holding on to them for whatever reason, especially Jeremy Chin, I mean, I just, but even Tracy Walker's rostered in 28% of leagues, which is just mind blowing to me. Um, you know, Jordan Fuller, Donovan Wilson, um, especially Fuller, 97% of snaps, but it's just a little muddy there now uh, with Lake coming back and John Johnson as well. So I think that's a situation to avoid. I'm not really interested in trying to suss out who's going to be reliable there from that DB room. Uh, and like you said, there are going to be better options out there. I mean, I'd feel much more comfortable starting any of the guys we just mentioned than any of the guys here on the drop list. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even like Quentin Lake, I mean, I, I think I'd rather have him in there than Fuller because just the position that he's playing, he's, you know, lined up closer to the line on playing the slot. Um, you know, he's he's looked he's look pretty good down the stretch. So uh, he had a pretty slick uh, pass breakup. Um uh, two plays before that touchdown to Curtis Samuel. Uh, so he did give up the touchdown, but still, I think they just want to see what what uh, what he brings. Um, you know, guys like Jonathan Owens could be out there in some leagues, uh, even in like deep leagues. I mean, Trenton Thompson for Pittsburgh. You know, they've they've lost Mika again for a while. Um, KZ just got suspended. The linebacker play there is terrible. So you know, some guys like Trenton Thompson are probably going to be better plays than um, Fuller or Wilson right now. Yeah, I agree. And uh, who's the who's the Raiders? I think it was a DB that had that one-handed interception bursting through the line on Thursday Night Football. Give me that guy because I want that kind of swag in my locker room. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So, well, folks, thank you all so much for tuning in. This has been the Week 16 waiver episode. You can find all of Jason's work over at Dynasty League Football. Make sure you get a subscription over there. They're going to help you win your fantasy championships, just like we are at the idpshow.com. Make sure to check us out as well. Jason, I'll get you out of here on this. Of the guys that we've talked about at across all positions, who is yep. the one that you are trying the hardest to add to your lineups for week 16? Oh, Grenard. It's easy, yeah. Grenard. He's got a great matchup. He's been on a roll this year. Yep. I'm starting him anywhere I've got him. Yes, I agree. He's. It, I never thought I would say it that the guy I was second most excited about on the Houston Texans defensive line is in that auto start category, but that's how good he's been this season. Yep, he's been great. Auto start. Auto start. Don't overthink it, folks. Fire up Grenard with confidence, and let's see if he can win you, uh, win you a week and get you into that championship. So, Jason, thank you again, my friend, for coming on uh, this season and helping us out with waivers. Best of luck to all of you out there who are still fighting in your fantasy playoffs. Best of luck this week. Merry Christmas. Thank you all for tuning in to these waiver episodes. We'll be bringing them back in 2024, so worry not. But until we see you all next time, enjoy the football. See you all soon.